Hey there. You got a bunch of leads, but too swamped to make heads or tails out of them? When it comes to sealing the deal, you just throw out a number and hope for the best? Well, it's time to change that too. Welcome to the Million Dollar Pipeline Challenge, tailor-made for the home services and remodeling pros just like you. We're cutting through the clutter, showing you how to chat with your customers and nail your pitches and boost those conversions. No more guesswork, just solid strategies to grow your business. Tune in to transform your approach and let's build that million-dollar pipeline together. Text the word MONEY to 844-949-1984. That's the word MONEY to 844-949-1984 to begin your million-dollar pipeline challenge today. Welcome to Blue Collar BS, a podcast that busts the popular myth that we can't find good people, highlighting how the different generations of today, the boomers, Gen X, Millennials, and Gen Z are redefining work so that the industrial revolution that started in the U.S. stays in the U.S. Welcome back, Brad, to this episode of Blue Collar BS. How are you doing today? I am fantastic, Mr. Stephen Doyle, and how is Detroit, Michigan this, this fine Friday afternoon? Dude, it is hot and muggy. It is nasty. Hate this weather. Well, Give me not- some snow. Yeah, that's not what we got. Well, we're close to snow here in southeastern Wisconsin, and um, I'm confident our guest today is going to complain about the weather as well because it's sucked up there lately, too. Um, so we got a great guest today, Mr. Daniel Felt, who's the founder and CEO of Cura Homes up in Minneapolis, Minnesota. We got connected through LinkedIn. He asked to be on the show. and we're like, cool, we'll have a young guy on our show to tell us how how he's gone from his education to getting into a blue collar industry in a space and, and trying to manage and lead his team. So Daniel, thank you for being on the show. Yeah. Thank you guys. It's an honor. Honor. Wow. I don't know if yeah. anybody's ever said that to Ooh, us before. It is. I'm excited. Yeah. Nobody, <laughs> <laughs> nobody has. So, so Daniel, uh, first question we always ask everybody that comes down here is which generation do you uh, fit in with? I, I am a millennial technically. Yeah, but not. I don't. I don't identify as a millennial. I don't identify as anything. <laughs> but, uh, but I. I it is twenty twenty two. I think that's okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm. It I'm about okay. eighty years old at heart, but I am technically a millennial. So I'll. I'll take that. <laughs> You'll take that. Uh, <laughs> awesome. So which so so and I think there's a very big distinction here. So are you to the older end of the millennial or to the younger side of the millennial? I'm. Uh, very, I'm like as as young as you can. I just slipped in. Just, so I just okay. Yeah, I just made it. <laughs> just made it. So you are that, and because that's a big contention that at least what we've found through the workforce and other areas, there's a big difference between the beginning of the generation and the end of the generation, mm-hmm. uh, very much so. And so hopefully we didn't offend you by putting that moniker on you because we only have the four categories. Yeah, I'm not triggered, so don't worry. It's, <laughs> okay, uh, good. I'm, I'm good. <laughs> All right, good, good. No feelings hurt. Good. He's not a young one. <laughs> So, so tell us a little bit about kind of where you're at today, um, like with the workforce, because we talk about generations in the workforce. Tell us a little bit about your business and the generations you have there. Yeah, for sure. We're a routine maintenance company. So we service a lot of residential primarily between air to cleaning, routine maintenance. So it is general labor, uh, you know, going out, getting these, these services done. The average technician, which is the bulk force of our employment, are a lot of the younger gentlemen. They're they're between, you know, they're coming out of high school. They're maybe in between college. Maybe they went to a few years of college average. So we're, we're writing that about 22, 23 year old is probably our average 
um, guy. Sometimes we have some older technicians running some of our regions, like our uh, Denver, Colorado region. We have an older gentleman as a acting as a service manager, but he's still out, out in the field doing a lot of that hands-on work as well. So a lot of young guys, what I found is that they're very easy to train in. You know, today in the home service industry, you're going to have technology for sure. And so um, a lot of these things are using a tablet, our CRM system, they pick up on it very quickly. I am uh, just thoroughly impressed from the age range that you've just demonstrated there because I have other clients and other folks in my network that just can't figure out how to make that transition. How did you attract those those kids from high school or in between, or how did you attract them? What was your secret sauce, so to speak? Guy number one was uh, from my church. I was volunteering at youth group and he wanted to take a year off. So I was like, well, come help me out. And, you know, I was still out of my garage. And then from there, I had worked in a, for a, I was a GM for my brother's company before I started this one. And he cleans windows, installs holiday lights. So I had a ton of experience hiring people from Indeed, Craigslist, all the other, all the things. And today, our number one employee that we pull on is is coming from Indeed. And I don't know, I don't know why why it is, but uh, for some reason, it's just the average person that's coming in and interviewing for our for our position is is that young, typically a young male, uh, very very common. So I don't know. I I wish I could say I have a secret sauce, and I was giving like the listeners a ton of great information here, but I think it might be the way that we word it. I think that a lot of young people, we do provide year round consistent work. So we don't have like a high, a high season where all of a sudden we're working 70, 80 hour weeks. That was one thing that I really tried for when I started the company, looking for something where someone could come, you don't have to sit at a desk, you don't have to have some crazy degree, and you can make a, a good living working 50 weeks a year consistently. You don't have to like work your tail off pouring concrete in the summer or something like that. So I think when we, right. when we say that in our, um, in our posts that it's year round consistent work room for, you can, you know, we're growing really quickly. There's room to grow within the company. I think that's, what's really attractive to some of these young individuals. Interesting. And how has, how have your clients received a younger person coming into their home it might be a $300,000 kitchen and up shows this kid that's 21 years old going, huh? Yeah. Yeah, we do a lot of training. Um, I, one of the first things that our uh, employees are told is act like you've been here before. You know, yeah, we service the, you know, very simplistic townhome when it comes to mechanic wise, but we're in $12 million states as well. And everything in between our average home is about 850,000 on the routine maintenance side. And, and so the biggest thing is act like you've been here before. And with that, no matter what your age is, I think today society is at a point where it, they don't, they're not super quick to judge. And so the way that we train our guys in for, for example, Brad, since you're from Wisconsin, I'll, I'll tell you that the garbage, just the garbage disposal was invented in Racine, Wisconsin yep. in 1927. In Sinkerator. Yeah. And, uh, and so when, when you're giving your technicians knowledge and power and, and ways to have conversations and you tell them, this is how you knock on the door. This is how you greet a customer. Here's the things you talk about. You don't have someone walking in and be like, Hey, what's up, dude, I'm here to take care of your garbage disposal right? It's like we have, everything is scripted, everything is put in place and, and you put on a, Hey, here's, here's the reputation of our company. Our guys are in uniforms. You know, they wear dark colored socks. You don't have a white sock on because white socks always look dirty. There's so many little details that go into place so that, Hey, here's the way that we service our clients' homes. And as long as, as long as they're doing the stuff, right. I've actually never had a bad, bad feedback or any type of feedback on the age of our, our staff. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, uh, I, yeah, wish I, could, awesome. I, I wish I could say that's the same for uh, some of the folks, the older 
uh, owners that I know around here. Mm-hmm. Um, cause those details and things matter. And it, it's like, try to get it through their heads. Like, no, you, you just can't, you just can't come out of your truck from smoking three cigarettes right. to show up in your client's home. It's just a bad yeah. idea. There's so many things. We just hired a guy last week and I was telling him, I'm like, Hey, you know, unfortunately we're far, far enough long as a business where we have to have policies for all these things. And, and one of them is that you agree to take a shower every day. And he, and he laughed and he said, he goes, so there's a story behind the shower every day. I go, yeah, guy comes in, he smells like BO. They're like, you, you haven't showered and you, you have to shower every day. So yeah, our stuff, you can't smoke on a customer's property. You can't smoke in a customer's van. So, you know, if you're a customer and you see a guy lighting up on his first smoke, he's going to go out to the street to do it. And even like the dashboard of the van needs to be clean. So when you pull up, you're in a clean logo van. And all these things, yes. there's so many little I love things. That. Oh yeah. man, you're my hero. Yes. 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 <laughs> there's all these little things that 100%. You know, how do you separate yourself from the guy in a truck, right? Uh, Chuck in a truck, as they call them. And, and not that that's bad, but a lot of those people, they, they don't have logos on their vans or whatever. And you gotta, you gotta, no, they have yourself. a logo. It's called, it's, it's iron oxide. It's a, yeah, exactly. it runs all the way around the wheel well, <laughs> down through the dashboard, through the, yep. <laughs> yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. They're making a great living, I'm sure. But, you know, for us, we're, we're trying to make it, you know, very systematic, no matter who shows up when they're in a cure home, you know, cure home uniform, cure home vehicle, they're going to be do a professional job. And it's going to be very consistent at each visit. Awesome. Have you had to say no to older, more experienced techs at all? No, we have not. Um, we have hired um, older, older technicians, um, especially like handyman that are, have been doing it for like, you know, 30, 40 years that are sick of like that grind. And unfortunately what happens, they don't last at our company very long because they come in with the I know attitude and that's really difficult. Mm. So we're trying to train them in on how to do these things. We offer 35 different routine maintenance services for a client. So, you know, some of the, the biggest thing that we've learned is we don't let any new hire touch anything that has to do with water for the first two weeks that they work here. Cause they're still a little, they might be a little too nervous, too fidgety yet. So if you don't screw in that filter, on the washing machine, unfortunately, <laughs> I know that that's going to leak through the kitchen yep. and into that, uh, you know, to your point, Brad, the two or $300,000 yep. kitchen, and that's going to cause issues. Well, uh, a lot of guys who are, who are older, they're like, they, they skip some of these really important training details and that causes issues. So a lot of times, you know, and not that we like fire them because you made a huge mistake, but a lot of times they're like, this just isn't for me or whatever, you know, they get frustrated in the details. So our training process really does well to that someone who's a bright eyed, ready to go, you know, they're, they're willing to accept that training stuff and they don't have a, I know attitude. When I hear guys saying, Oh yeah, I know I've done that before. I, I got it. A lot of red flags are, are raised for me in that training process. He <laughs> uh, has experienced the same thing. Our, our experience. Oh. Yeah. Oh yeah. Everybody um, Everybody. I'm only laughing because it's so freaking true. It's right. like, Oh my gosh. It's like, come on. Yeah. Um, yeah. The yes, there's that that <laughs> 20. I'm going to say probably that 29 to 36 year old range is just problematic in many areas yeah. from a hiring perspective, because there's enough experience there, but not enough wisdom in many mm-hmm. cases. For sure. Yep. Yeah. The I know attitude. There's nothing worse. It's and then we try to figure that out during the interview, too, just by asking you know specific questions like tell me how, how many experience was. You know, what do you, what works best for you when you're being trained in, you know, do you feel like you're experienced in this area? If someone's like, yeah, I know exactly how to do routine maintenance. Like, Ugh, I don't know if you do. So then you got to dive really deep in. And, and like I said, the red flags are going up. How's your retention? You know, it, it comes and goes, 
sometimes it's really great. We have guys who, you know, we're a young company. We're, we're, uh, we're going to be six years old here this May. And congratulations. Uh, hey, you yeah, made it through five. That's yeah, a major, made, major milestone. I hope you made, celebrated the hell out of that. We did. Yeah. Uh, we, we had a great celebration. That was, um, my, as we're expanding across the nation, my, my team actually got a, a map of the U S and one of the phrases that I always say is you got to want it whenever we, whenever like, why are we doing that? I'm like, just let's go. We got to want it. Let's go. And, uh, and so they, it has our big cure home logo on it. And it says, you got to want it on top with little pins in our locations. So that was, that was really fun. That's awesome. Yeah, it was, it's, it's super fun, but I think, um, you know, Brad, to answer your question on the retention rate, it seems like the industry average is about a year. Technicians stay with companies for about a year. We try to beat that. We have quite a few guys who've been with us a lot longer. Then you have guys who make it like two, three months. And all of a sudden they're like, I'm going to go back to college or whatever. I think the biggest thing that I really focus on is that we don't get a pattern of people, of people, even for the same reason, like I'm leaving here because they're like bad culture or I don't get paid enough or whatever. So having those conversations with your current employees, checking in with them on a regular basis, how's it going here? Is this what you expected? Are you, how could you make more money here? Right? Like our guys get paid uh, commission. If they upsell a service, they get hundred percent of the tips they make. So having those conversations with guys on a regular basis, I found really keeps people long-term. If I get separated as an owner from the technicians, you know, you get managers in place, things like that. I've noticed that our retention goes down. So the, when you take the time to have a one-on-one conversation with people, ask, how's your day going? What's going well? What could be, what could change? They stay a lot longer. You're wise beyond your years, Daniel. No, thank, thank you. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yes. Um, you must have learned something when, while you were at Mankato and, and Bethel. Is they, you must have absorbed something along the way. Cause, yeah. Um, well, I mean, you know, Mankato was, uh, I, I didn't learn much. Uh, the weekends were, were pretty full of activities. Um, but uh, Bethel, I learned a lot. But I've, I've been very fortunate to have a lot of really smart people in my life. Um, I try to read. I, this year, my goal is to listen to an audiobook a week. And I'm, um, I'm one a well, week. One, yeah, one a week. At I'm, what at what pace? Damn. At like yeah. 2.0, 3.0? Yeah. I mean what? Not 3.0. I've worked my way up to 2.0, but then I had to scale back because I wasn't I had to re-listen to a book because I couldn't retain it. So um I have a 25 yeah. minute commute. So I get almost an hour worth of reading a day. And that alone at 2.0, yeah, gets you through a book just on your commute yep. in and out of work. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Right. But the most impactful thing you guys that I've ever done for my business is I um someone introduced me to business coach in 2018. I started working with those guys and that was by far changed my life that there's, there's no way I would, I wouldn't even be on this podcast. I mean, they didn't this tell is me not a paid advertisement yeah. from Daniel is- felt to support blue collar BS, by the way, he's saying these words all on his own unsolicited. You guys. So I, I've got a story and yeah, that's correct, Brad, not unsolicited. My brother who owns a company it's been around since 08. He, the guy's killing it. He's got like 115 employees, kit windows, holiday lights, phenomenal. I'm, I started my company and I go, I think I'm going to hire a business coach. I got introduced to him. He goes, why would you do that? I, I can just coach you and have a meet with me. I'm like, no, it's, it's different. I think it's gonna be really good. And I'm going to try it. You know, worst case scenario, I, you know, I, I screw up. Right. So anyways, fast forward a year, he sees my company growing and, and we're, we're growing fast, not only top line, but our profits are really improving too. And him and I are really yeah. open about what's going on. So things are improving fast. Well, today he's a client with that same business coach. So he meets with him at eight. I meet with him at nine. So we cross paths, uh, every Tuesday morning. So he, <laughs> he gave in and it's, and he's, it's very, very impactful. Have someone looking at your business from the outside, who's not impacted by it financially or emotionally. And they're just giving you great advice. Number one, I hired a business coach in 2018 and I can't imagine any business that I've ever run the rest of my life, not having 
some sort of coach on the outside. Go ahead, Steve. Take it away. I, I don't know. Say, I'm, yeah, I don't know I'm, I'm done. I'm done right there. <laughs> right. Yeah, right. We're just like plug like that. Okay, great. That's, that, that's like mic drop for, right for there. That. Yeah, that's there you go. Yeah, I mean, exactly. it, yeah. And we've, I mean, it's, it's great. People ask me like, Hey, Daniel, why are you growing? You know, how are you growing or whatever this and that? And it's, and I get my butt kicked every Tuesday morning at nine o'clock and, uh, and it's really healthy. It's good. So when you say butt kicked, what does that mean? Um, you know, as a, as a millennial here, I'm just going to say I'm held accountable for, for what I say I'm going to do. Right. So we, uh, we write down our five, not a participation trophy. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I don't, I don't get a ribbon for showing up to the meeting (laughs) and, uh, but it's, but it's really great. Yeah. Sometimes I've walked out of that with my tail tucked. It's like, man, that sucks. But it's like, I gotta, I didn't do what I said I was going to do. So um, we, we write down our five, three, one year goals. And then what do you have to do in the next 90 days to accomplish those goals? Yep. And we're held accountable. And I've yep. gotten, you know, the advice that I've received, not that it's legal advice, but it's saved me from an issue here or issue there with clients. It's just so healthy to have someone who's not emotionally tied to your business. So that's, it's really healthy for me. I have a great relationship with my coach. It's a really intimate relationship too, because they, my coach knew that my wife and I were expecting before anyone else, because that's part of the business planning. She was running my office at the time. And we got a plan to replace her now because you know you kid on the way. So congratulations, really, right? Yeah, thank you. Yeah. So that was that was a little while ago, but now we have number two coming in August. So they yeah, there's congratulations there's, again. Yeah, thank you. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> right? it's fun. Yep. That that's spectacular. So as you're looking to expand um, across the nation, how do you retain the culture from location to location? Yeah, it's really, really tough. Um, one thing that that we're doing to help with that is we have all the calls that come in for our other locations come into our Plymouth, Minnesota office. And so that keeps a really good pulse on what's going on. So, so I'm there, I can tell what's going on. So if, for example, like we're late to a job, which is like, I I always think of it, like you have, you have like three opportunities to screw up before you get like a customer complaining or bad review. Right. So like if you show up late outside that window, okay, that's like strike one. Right. So then you, you make another mistake strike two. Like it doesn't take too long to get those three strikes and, and it's, it's bad. So, um, we, by keeping that pulse on, it's great, but I haven't, I can't sit here and be like, I have it all figured out, but that really helps us keep that culture, but it is really, really tough. And one thing that we're doing, we're switching to, rather than having a corporate owned locations, we we're switching to the franchise model because to have, I think what you really, really need is boots on the ground and, and talking to different people that are expanding into businesses one thing that, that they have done that I don't have the capital to do at this point is they'll find someone who's in this example, like has a potential to be really good at routine maintenance or air duct cleaning. And they'll say, let's start a business together. And, and the person on the ground will be a 60 or 70% owner. And then like me, for example, would be like a 30 or 40. And I'll tell you, I'll teach you, I'll tell you all this stuff. And it's like a franchise model, except for it's a business relationship. And that seems to work right. really well for a lot of people. That seems to be the new hot thing that's that's happening right now with companies that are trying to expand to multiple locations. Well, it circumvents right. a lot of uh, legal things from a franchise mm-hmm. perspective Yes, by creating that relationship differently mm-hmm. because there is a lot of things that have to go into it from a franchise. Whereas if you're more of a business partner relationship, mentor, licensing, it's just mm-hmm. different. For right? sure. Very so. different. So- so with having those multiple locations, one of the things you said that you do, and I'm, I'm going to make the assumption that it's when you're local, so in the Plymouth area, you're able to talk to the employees, have one-on-one conversations. Assumption is they're more face-to-face. 
-hmm. So as you're growing, how do you keep that to keep that retention of the employees? Yeah. So we, I try to get people in place, right? So everyone's talking to someone from corporate, you know, we're all tied in together. Mm -hmm. We're touching base on a regular basis. So for these guys out, uh, outside, we're talking to them at least once a day, right? Like, how's it going? You know, how to go at your job today? Do you get any upsells? Try to keep people connected. Another thing that we have is an internal Facebook page. It's just a private little Facebook page that all of our people are on. So guys can share videos. Sometimes they'll put a question on there like, hey, has anyone ran into this issue before or, or things like that? Mm. And that kind of keeps the culture. But overall, it's it's very difficult. You know, Zoom and, you know, virtual meetings, all that stuff has become a lot more regular in the last few years, of course. It still doesn't, it doesn't beat, you know, sitting down, bringing that guy for coffee or having lunch with him, you know, saying hi at the end of the day. Our guys love energy drinks. So we'll do a, we'll bring in a box of, or a bag of energy drinks for guys <laughs> from the grocery store and say, Hey, you know, he, this guy got, you know, a few five-star reviews last week. Here you go. This guy, you know, had a big week in commissions or whatever, and just rewarded those guys. And I mean, you can hand out anything, but they just love energy drinks at, at our company. So it works really well, <laughs> but I think, uh, you know, and they're, they're not that expensive. Uh, you know, it, it works out really well, but I think it's, I think it's very, very challenging. And it's, if, if we were doing it perfect, we wouldn't be switching to the franchise model. So it, it's, it's a major challenge keeping that culture. But I would say our qual we're able to keep our quality up really well. The culture is, is a weak point mm -hmm. for us that we're, is for sure room for improvement at the other locations. Well, I guess that'll be a very interesting um, conversation as you go through that process of of what does that cultural fit look like as you look for the different franchisors and an opportunity along the way and what does success look like for a franchise? So have you been able to really dive into right your your location, Plymouth, Minnesota? It's where it started, right? That is yeah, that is the pinnacle, right? That is the right now the shining star. Right. What's the feeling when all of a sudden you go to a franchise or number one and number two and number three, and all of a sudden they're, you know, your guys are hitting a pluses and these guys are doing, you know, C's and C's get degrees, but yeah. So with that, there's a lot of, there's so much legal jargon in the, uh, in the franchise. Right. And so there's things like if you start getting, yeah. you know, bad reviews, you start getting this, this, and that, you know, we're going to have a very good pulse on that. And, okay. and, and then you start in and you say, we, Hey, we got to do some additional training here. Right. Like we're going to cut. So, if, if we were in wherever, let's say Milwaukee, Wisconsin, since we're all, you know, stay Midwest here. Uh, if we're in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, right, we're going to come out there. We're going to spend a few days and just hang out with you. How's it going? And and part of the big thing with that, too, is getting well, to when you get them. here, make sure you hook me up. We're going to go get yeah. one of those energy drinks or some coffee or something. <laughs> yeah, all right? exactly. yeah, exactly. <laughs> a four loco. Uh, and uh, the, but with that, you got to be hanging out. You got to keep a pulse on what's going on. And I think the most important part about the entire process is are you willing to offer a franchise to an individual? Are they qualified? Because, you know, someone's not going to, you know, if they're, a, if they've got a history of doing above average things, they're not going to start running a business and all of a sudden run it into the garbage, run it into the uh, tank or whatever, the garbage hole, sink, I don't know, whatever phrase that is. They're not going to do a crap job. So it's finding someone who's super qualified for it. And that it's a long process. We announced in November that we are offering franchises. And we're still in the dating process with several people that inquired like immediately, like, Hey, I'm super interested. I just, before this call was talking to a guy and he wants to open a franchise in Florida and he's still, cause, cause you're, you someone, it's a completely different, you know, I can sell you air duct cleaning in mm -hmm. three to four minutes on the phone. This guy is going to leave his job. He's got a kid in college, all this stuff. He's going to leave his jobs, a corporate job at that and start doing, you know, in the beginning, probably working side by side with his technician and, and build a company 
that by the way is not guaranteed. So you'll, you've got a proven model, but it's not hundred percent guaranteed that you're going to be um, successful in whatever, you know, familiar with that opportunity. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> totally familiar. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, so it's, yeah. it's a very interesting process, but I think the most important thing with, um, with the looking at anyone who's looking at being a franchisee or a franchisor is you got to make sure it's right for both people and you have to be comfortable. Even if someone comes with their checkbook and says, I'm ready to buy a franchise, you have to be confident enough to say, I don't think you're going to be the best fit. Cause that franchisee number one is the most important. They have to be successful because all future people are going to call them. How how to go all that stuff. So super right. important. That's why I don't get calls anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get put on any of those calls. Yeah. Nightmare. Cause it's like, Oh yeah, here's the truth. Here's what really happened. Guess what? Yep. First two years is going to potentially suck. Yeah. And that's and- my yeah, that's my problem. I'm probably too honest with people. I say, can you, can you go two years without making money? You know, like if you want to grow fast, like you can pay yourself in the beginning, but you know, cash in a business really does well. So can you keep a bunch of cash in the business? It's uh, yeah. Right. So, but I've been told the close rate on a franchise is on a franchisee is about 1%. We've gone through about 60 leads. So we're, we're getting close. You're narrowing and, uh, in. You're, you're getting yeah. closer. Yep, exactly. Sure. Rocking and rolling. Well, that's exciting. That is very, very exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, so as, as people want to either learn more about the franchise or your other corporate businesses, or, or they might be in Minnesota and want to get in touch with you and absorb some of your energy, how are people, how do people get a hold of you, Daniel? Yeah. If you want to get to know me personally, LinkedIn is great. Add me on there. Otherwise our website is curahome.com. That's K-U-R-A, curahome.com. We're really active on all the social medias, all the TikToks, all that stuff. Follow us on social media. You might learn a thing or two about routine maintenance and maintaining your home. So are you doing TikTok dances? No, not I've I've never <laughs> the gals in the office have never gotten me to do a TikTok dance. Uh, it's it's more just where I I compare us to like the Doctor Pimple Popper. We're showing really gross stuff coming out of air ducts and degreasing range hoods. So yeah, Doctor Pimple Popper, but home maintenance version. <laughs> <laughs> That's an awesome analogy right there. Thank you. That's awesome. Well, thank you very much, Daniel. For your yeah, time thank you show. guys. Been awesome. Thank you very much for coming on and um, look forward to all your continued success. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening to Blue Collar BS, brought to you by Vision Forward Business Solutions and Professional Business Coaching, Inc. If you'd like to learn more on today's topic, just reach out to Steve Doyle or myself, Brad Herta. Please like, share, rate, and review this show as feedback is the only way we can get better. Let's keep blue collar businesses strong for generations to come.